Hey everybody, welcome back again to another episode of the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. I'm Tim Chelsvik. That's Matt Drury. Hello. We've got a special guest again with us this week. We got the madman. We got Mark Drury Mr. in house. Mark Drury, welcome aboard. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, yeah, it's a pleasure. Yeah. It's, 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 it's out of the field into the prime. Isn't it about time you go back to the farm? Yeah. <laughs> I'd you love to. You kind of got stuck in the St. Louis area uh, for a little bit because you hit right where the snowstorm hit and you kind of got stuck here for a few days. I did, and I got the flu. I was headed yeah. to ATA and yep. I got sick as all get out. And I was like, oh my goodness. And then the snowstorm hit. And it's, I, I fly out today for. <laughs> Uh, Denver and then on the Steamboat Springs for Austin's bachelor party so that'll be fun yeah. and then from there I fly from there to SHOT Show and then I'll go back to the farm going a little stir crazy yeah yeah well, that's it'll be a fun. schedule yeah. yeah you got stuck not as stuck as I got stuck you got stuck <laughs> Timmy spent 15 hours in his car I got very familiar with the dashboard on my truck 15 hours because because St. Louis got an unprecedented snowstorm. We I think the last time we got that much snow was 1982, and uh, in that area certainly, yeah, yeah, and and so like it literally took me over 15 hours to get home from here at the studio. You got one crappy boss that made you stay that? that late. <laughs> Cricket. <laughs> Full disclosure, I'm at the ATA show. Tim had texted me that morning and said, hey, we're going to get some weather, pretty inclement weather here. Uh, it, it's probably worth everybody leaving it, too. I think I addressed you as Mr. Cratchit. <laughs> and I had said, you know, and, and I'm usually the one to say, yeah, let's not, let's not, you know, sure. make sure everybody, get, let's make sure everybody gets home safe. But it was right when we announced the farm giveaway, perfect storm. literally right yeah. at that time. And I said, just as long as we make sure you're there long enough to make sure everything's going smooth and like websites are working and, and, and the things like the levers that are stuff behind breaks. the scenes, it breaks yeah. and, and it, and what can go wrong will go wrong and literally that 45 minutes because you requested to leave everybody leave it too i think everybody else did leave it too and you stay until like 245 in yep. that 45 minutes it cost you 15 hours of <laughs> and i am very sorry for that well, i apologize we're texting all night i'm like dude i am so sorry it was really nice to hear from you guys like i think you texted me around midnight like hey what's your status i'm like still on highway 44 and uh and like like I like I could have left. I, I could have got out of my truck, and I'm a runner, so I could have literally hiked or ran the distance back to my house. But there was no place to pull over that was safe for my truck or all the goodies that were inside of it. So I must have had his bow inside. I did. I, did. <laughs> I, did. I dare somebody to come. I did mess not with want me. that to walk. I'll sit for thirty hours. I just had visions of my truck with busted out windows and everything being gone and yeah. plowed in and everything. So I, yeah, that was it was unprecedented. But it really does kind of like I'd gassed up at lunchtime, um, and I had some groceries in the truck with me, and I and I wore my boots that morning, and I always have stuff with me just in case. And you look kind of crazy, but you, you know you're not quite prepper level. Hey. One one time but, since 82 it paid off yeah <laughs> no kidding no kidding well a couple years ago we got an ice storm and yeah. i had and i had to walk two miles back to my house because we lived down in a valley yeah and i had boots and i had a hat and gloves makes and a difference stuff it really does hunters really does. can prepare like Always. any you know like no one else can quite do it like a hunter because i had somebody had just told me this when their little girl went to college and it was a story i forget who told me this when their little girl went to college he said if anything goes wrong 
find the guy wearing a camo hat because he's going to be the <laughs> guy so that'll true. get you out of that, you know, to help you and get, get you out done. of that situation. It's an interesting, that's an interesting way to look at things. When yep, things go pretty wrong self-sufficient. in the, in the big world out there yeah. where, where everybody thinks that guns are scary and what we do is crazy and we eat what we kill. And you know, well, all of a sudden the hunter becomes the guy you want to talk to. <laughs> like, how do I get my butt out of this situation? <laughs> yeah. it, it was a great reminder that there are things that we can't control. Yeah. Like you can't tap or swipe to make this situation change. This is reality. You're, yeah. you're literally stuck on the highway. Yeah. So, so but well, I made it out and I'm here and I'm thankful for that. <laughs> and yes. again, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. It was uh, it was a great test of skill. I think Mark's got a favorite part of your journey there that he, he likes to think about. The fact that Tim fell asleep somewhere deep in the middle of the night and the cars made an additional two or 300 yards. He, he awoke to, he, he awoke to people on there honking at him. Go, go. go. <laughs> Make up that tour. They're going to pass us. And so I like, like, like get the, get the truck turned on and I gun it and go forward. And then I stop. And I'm literally there for another probably six or seven going hours. Going back to sleep now. I love the fact that they honked at him. Yeah. And I couldn't sleep after that because I was well, terrified no. that I was going to be. And you know they're back there. Look at this. <laughs> What's this jerk's problem? <laughs> well, relaxed. you know, I, I mean, I can only imagine that everybody's nerves were at oh. A. Because who knows? Yeah. You know, families in, in cars, elderly in cars. Gas people, levels gas running levels, down. You know, your water, bathroom. It's all painful. Most people, I'd say, you know, this is in the St. Louis city limits, so most people are not equipped to oh, think about, yeah. you know, dire, straight situations like that. I think a hunter has a different mindset. Yeah, I was like... You were waited out. <laughs> if, if anyone can sit in one place for a long time, it's a bow hunter, so yeah, yeah, I'm, no I'm good. Especially you, the do season this. you had. Right. <laughs> it, was, it was a rough season. I, I finally did get, a, get a, a buck killed. It wasn't the biggest of bucks, but... It was awesome. It, it, it was a nice buck, and he came right... His, I, after, I, after I went and found him... So w- when, when I see a, a, a nice buck walking towards me, my dad always told me when I was a kid, don't look at the rack because you'll end up shooting the rack. Because you'll focus on it, and so I don't spend too. His his entire right side G two was busted off. He was a he was a fighter, but he came right to the tree, twenty yards, and you know, the camera rolling. I was like, I'm gonna shoot this deer. I was proud of it and and happy to. Happy you self filmed it. it too, didn't you? I actually had a buddy oh, film did you? it. Okay. Yeah, and, and, and so if if well, you that go, takes away from this, then <laughs> so it's a non-story. <laughs> if you go to Deercast and watch it as a Deercast now, you see the deer stop. So, and then you see the deer look up, but you hear, pssst, pssst. and that's my buddy who Carl. He's he's only filmed for me one other Come time. On, this is the second time. You have one job. I was like, hey, give me some kind of high sign when I know you've got the deer in frame and you're ready for me to shoot. And the deer was like clearly right there and ready for us. <laughs> and so his high sign was, pssst. stop the deer, <laughs> and. Then he did it again because he didn't know if I could hear. I was in the middle. Of, the I was in the middle of my shot sequence, and so the deer is, is looking up, and and my friends that were watching were like, "Why did you, why did you whistle that deer and get him to stop? Get him, get him to like because he'd always he was already stopped, ready for the shot." And I was like, "Well, that was our Carl. communication system." <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, the deer didn't bolt, and when we got a kill, he went down on it's a great shot on, on film, and yeah, yeah the, the, that rage just zipped right through him, like it, like he wasn't even there, just zipped right through yeah. him out the other side. 
fell in the worst possible place in a I think it was you going psst, psst, psst. <laughs> Carl's think not here Carl. to defend yeah, himself where's Carl <laughs> love Carl on next Carl one Carl even real <laughs> one of my favorite all time scenes you know because weird things happen when adrenaline's running through your oh, body yeah. one of my favorite all time scenes talking about the, the signals and whatnot. well a lot of times you want to stop a deer right you, bam, shoot right Stoltze this goes back in the early 90s. This buck's coming down the hill. And there's a real nice, mature buck up there in Iowa, and he's coming down the hill. And old Stotzi, he releases, and as the arrow's in mid-flight, he goes, Matt. <laughs> he did it in reverse order. <laughs> like his shot got ahead of his stop. And, I mean, we laughed. We watched that scene literally hundreds of times and made so much fun of him. He missed, in, missed the deer. He missed the deer. And but, Mark and Dad on your back making fun of you. It's I, I'm sure it's brutal. <laughs> It was so funny though, because boy, man, what did he say? Like afterwards, did he say just uh, lost his mind? What could he say? He just lost his mind. It was Marvel adrenaline. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's funny. funny. Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. Man, <laughs> the late, the oh, late. Funny. Well, you, you kind of lose your mind. Like at least oh, I do. Like, adrenaline's the worst. And and so and I, I know a lot of people that watch outdoor television give people a hard time about the catchphrases and dumb things that we say. And I you're was, really not thinking most well, of the time. Yeah, and I was I was kind of in that boat too before I, I started filming my hunts. But when I did, I found myself saying all the same kind of cliches because <laughs> you go down to, into your reptilian brain and it's like I'm just focused on surviving this moment and I can barely get words out. And this yeah. is this is what I'm gonna say. No and doubt. This is what what came to your mind <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't artful but i said something yeah yeah, yeah. so well, it, it was nice to finally get get it because it does play with your head when you don't kill and you start to wonder can i make this happen am i still a provider <laughs> <laughs> am i still a competent man <laughs> well congratulations it was a good great Thank kill you. great Thank shot you. so you know you guys had another good year in in your camps as well it seemed like it was a little bit different than normal though kind of a wet wet fall and then it got really warm in december some of our strategies for late season hunting really don't didn't quite pan out like they usually do uh, i mean you guys still got it done but we did it was a good year um missouri was an off year at our camp but terry had his best arguably year. his best year yeah. ever at his 100%. his farm so you hear us talk about it a lot in the sh in the shows like every farm has its own dna well that dna is also ever flowing and ever changing it's a fluid dna sure. because some years are better than others just with you know what crop of bucks is coming along and my iowa farm was outstanding this year we killed some great deer terry killed some awesome deer in his missouri farm but my Missouri farm was not that great this year, and some of that's crop rotation. Some of that was EHD, the hole in the herd left yeah. by EHD. Um, I, I personally think next year in Iowa we're going to have a tougher year, but Missouri could probably help us next okay. year because the herd looks like it's it's going to be in a little bit better shape. So it's ever changing, as you've seen with your lease, and as yeah. you saw with your own personal your own personal hunting. Your farm kind of turns over about every six or seven years. And you know? Texas was a little different for you guys this year too. It was yeah, they they put a lot more cattle on the ranch, which is out of our control. It's a lease, you know, yeah. and it uh, it it really changed deer patterns on a lot a lot of the ranch. So therefore we had to adjust and try and figure it out. And that's hard to do when you're there for three days, five days or six days, you know, I mean, 
you got to go in and we were checking our cameras. We'd go sweep all of our cameras at night because we didn't want to interrupt the areas sure. during the day and, uh, you know, trying to figure out where we were seeing mature bucks. And it was, it was just a challenge. I mean, we got it done and we killed some nice deer, but it was not without a lot of hours in the stand this fall, man. Yeah. We hunted hard and, and long. And they had a really wet, like summer in the fall. Horrible. Right? <laughs> the mud kept us out of so many spots, you know, what the cattle didn't affect. We couldn't get into because of the mud and sure. it was just, it was a mess, you know, yeah. and, and you feel bad for those deer down there because hoof rot is so prevalent in the midwest and muddy years it's really prevalent in texas because they're not used to a lot of mud plus they've got really rocky nasty soil mm -hmm. on top of Cutting that mud so they get cut real bad during the rut they move a lot more during the rut yeah. and then you put those hooves in that mud and all of a sudden that infection starts and that swells up and can lead to death or you know deformity in their antlers or yeah. you know limps that coyotes you know increases predation that type of stuff so it's amazing the curveballs that mother nature throws throws wild game and, and ultimately us and there's a sweet spot with moisture because too little then you, you're looking at ehd and too much and you get hoof rot and other issues i don't know access. which is which is worse honestly it's i, I never just right in the middle it's <laughs> never perfect grant <laughs> woods told me that 20 years ago he goes it's never perfect and boy he hit the nail on the yeah. head it is yeah. never what you want <laughs> we've we had that new farm we bought dad and i in, in uh, kind of the mississippi river area and it was underwater <laughs> the entire fall just there i think it was late november where we could actually get into it for the first time since summer and by that time you obviously you have no food on it and yeah. the rut's over and you know a lot of your plans just kind of go out the door it's like all right i'm not in control of this <laughs> and that's th right there is no mud like river bottom mud oh it's man. sticky it's nasty yeah well, and, and you almost have to you, you have to be so willing to adapt, and because because there was a while there where I was kind of forcing my farm and bourbon to produce, but if it's not going to do it, it's not going to do it. There's only so much that you can influence and control. We found that, that on the lease. It just it, you know when that is your only option, which is what most guys are dealing with. They got one option, right? If that, and so when mm -hmm. that's your only option, and you're trying to whatever you can, them you know you feel like you've done as put a stand in every spot you could put it or food you know, in the right areas and you still don't have, you know, the kind of deer herd that you're at some points you just, it's not your fault. I mean, it is what it is. You know, if you don't have the herd or, you know, you're kind of stuck. If you don't have the bedding or whatever the case may be, you're kind of stuck with the results you get there. It's, it's why you need diversification in your hunting, just like you do in your, you know, your IRA portfolio. You've got to have options to go to because a farm that historically has been great may be horrible this year yeah. for things beyond your control, cattle, crop rotation, whatever they may be, or just you might have killed your target buck. Well, it's going to be a while for another target buck. Back fills that hole, mm -hmm. yeah. and you've got to have other options. So I think diversity in, in farming or in farms to go hunt or areas to go hunt is just as important in, in hunting as anything else and it could be a 60 acre lease or uh you know it's it's i think people would be surprised about that side of things like you have a lot of little lease uh properties that aren't very big pieces it's not like it's some contiguous 3,000 yeah. acres it's a lot of little satellite farms that that help you kind of find a new herd to hunt when, i do I, my biggest deer this year really giant deer i killed on 80 acres you know yeah it's a little bitty parcel i, I don't I, I have a different neighbor on all four sides mm -hmm. but you know he was there and went in and, and was able to shoot him so i like diversification because he was there i had a target buck to go hunt there yeah, now, that, sure. that farm may be horrible this year you know but in terms of something that we're interested in to go try and hunt but it may be good again in two or three years yeah so. it's kind of like our team i mean that's realistically our strategy with the team you know there's some guys that might just have tough luck year yeah. and year out, mm -hmm. you know, for two or three years, and then they'll kill a, a giant, you know, on camera. You got to stick with the guys and 
and seasons play out. Very few of them have just like a Tom Ware or somebody that John O'Dell where you know they're going to kill right. you know several deer every year and several properties. Most guys, it's an ebb and a flow of their seasons you know, from year to year, and you just kind of stick with it. And I think that's probably because of what you're saying, how their farms are. No doubt. No, uh, deer hunting is a numbers game. It really is. You can't, you know, we try to increase people's odds through deer casts, but at the end of the day, you've got to spend enough time out there to finally run into one where he gives you a presentable shot that you can make. Yeah, you totally. usually get one chance. You get, <laughs> that's yeah. what I found. Very few. And the, the <laughs> difference between a good season and a bad season, Stoltz said this many years ago, is making the shot that's presented to you. If you miss that shot, you can have a horrible season. If you make it, oh, I had one of my better years, yeah. you know? Yeah. So and you made a, your shot and had the, I mean, this the is best, the best season hands of down year. best season of my life. But I've also a couple of years ago didn't make the shot, and then I didn't kill anything. It's like you it's got one chance you and you get screwed many. it up. And you so don't get many. it taught me a lot that year because then I went into another crappy year the next year. It's like, hey man, if you better have everything lined out and yeah. ready so that the only way you can fail is on you, and it's not something like, hey, I didn't range that deer, mm-hmm. you know. So that taught me something. It was in the heat of the moment, and I didn't really. He was staring at me. It taught me something like better have my points picked out right. where i know yardage is better memorized better and so that's something every time i get in a stand it's like all right i'm ranging 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 it's like generally speaking this is 30 yards generally speaking that grass patch is 40 right. you know give me a baseline at least because it totally killed Make a me mistake on that. once yeah not twice yeah that and just overall mental preparation and mental preparedness mm-hmm. for the moment because that moment can happen at any second during the season. Boy, if you're not true. on top of your game, you're going to miss that fastball when they when it goes down the middle of the plate. Yeah. Paul Sexar said that back in the mid-'80s. He, and Joe told me this. He said, Paul always hunted like he was about to kill a turkey at any second. Like he was so oh, yeah. intense every moment of every day. And when a turkey presented a shot, Paul always made the shot. And I never forgot that piece of advice. And that's especially true for deer season. You let your guard down and a deer comes in and twists you in knots and you blow it, you feel horrible. Yeah. And it will fatigue you. If you keep on the edge that you need to have in order to kill a deer, you will be fatigued by the end of the day. If you if you get done yeah, hunting absolutely. and you're not tired, then you weren't ready enough, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of people are – almost everybody's guilty of going onto their phones. That's probably like the number one distractor yeah, out save, there. Save more deer lives Yeah, you're just else. not paying – you get bored a little bit, so it's like, hey, what's going on? What's on DeerCast? What's on social media or whatever? And that's usually when you let your guard down. And we have the luxury of hunting with another person as a camera guy. So a lot of times if you let your guard down, they might save your butt, or if he lets his guard down, you're watching – and. A lot of times I'm in the stand if, if I notice that, you know, whoever's filming may be looking at their phone. It's like, all right, I better be looking at this time and vice versa. It's almost gotta like be a ready. teamwork. You, you got to be know? ready to kill one every day. That's what you've just got to be. Regardless of what the deer cast prediction is, you still got to be ready. And I get made fun of a little bit in my camp because I always say tonight's the night or <laughs> this morning's this morning. Yeah. You know, today's the day. We're going to kill one today. Eternal and they're optimist. like, oh, you say that every day. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, because I, I want to be ready. Yeah. When that deer walks out, I want to make sure you make him dead because you, know, you may not get that opportunity. And those few times it happens a year, you say, see, I told you. <laughs> oh, I always do. <laughs> told you today was today. <laughs> so if, if so so obviously we've we've had we've had some pretty strong seasons 
I know folks are kind of taking uh, an assessment now, kind of evaluating their season and what they could change and make different. A lot of guys are asking what can they do differently about their property. So one of our listeners, Ryan from Virginia, has a question for us about that. Absolutely. So the question of the day is brought to you by Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's. Your adventure starts here. Hi, this is Ryan Reams from Culpeper, Virginia. I was curious as to what you guys would say is the number one thing you can do during the off-season to improve your deer habitat and your chances of success the, the next season. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. And for submitting that question and the fact that we used it on the show, we will send Ryan a Drury Outdoors ball cap for doing that. Hey, now. We appreciate it. That's a new feature in 2019. <laughs> Check it out. So, so Mark, how does that hit you? What, you know, if, if there's one thing you can do, and given people's properties are as varied as the, the people themselves, what's one thing that you would really suggest folks look at? It, that's a tough you can't just pick one sure i mean i hate to answer it that way but right in the question mark i know but you got to look at everything <laughs> yeah and you know when when i look back at any season like as i'm sitting there i'm correcting things it's like that needs to be corrected that needs to be corrected just sitting in the stand i've got to put my camera here not there so mm. it's an ever-changing ever always correcting if if i had to pick one thing i would probably hone in on food because okay. it's so important to attract a whitetail into your area to make sure that you have the food source that is palatable to him during the times of the year that you're going to be hunting him. And that palatability changes throughout the year. So go into this coming year with a strategy that that takes food source to the next level. In other words, if you're going to hunt that deer or that target deer, we talked about this the other day. If it's on your lease and you have the best luck during the early season, plant a food source that is palatable during the early season. Mm -hmm. For me, that early season strategy is always biologics deer radishes. Okay. We kill so many on those radish fields. It's either that or non-typical clover, one of those two things. Plan or plant around the time of the year that you're going to hunt that particular deer. If it's the rut, that's a different strategy. If it's the late season, that's a different strategy. During the rut, I like clover. During the late season, I like winter bulbs and sugar beets, or I like a grain crop like corn or beans. So look at the deer, pay attention to where he's, he's coming in and out, what food source he prefers, and then plant to kill that deer based on that food source during that time of the year. So have some forethought into your food plots. Um, second on that list, I would try and increase cover if you don't have it. Third on that list, I would increase water just in case you run into a drought this coming yeah. year. So increasing cover, just timber stand improvement, or what you literally? I see, you know, they, you you squirt it, chop it, squirt, and yeah. bend over Hack the tree. And squirt. And, yeah. yeah, it's not a disease; it's a it's a method. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. an ATA crud. If you've got if you've got. <laughs> timber hack and squirt but get somebody to advise you on that that you know and i always try and kill timber or, or increase new timber growth based mm. on areas that i'm probably not going to hunt anyway there's those valleys that i don't like going into because the wind directions are wrong so yeah. I, I have a tendency to bring that edge up close to that that edge that i want them walking because deer are creatures of edge and they're going to walk that edge so have some method to your timber stand improvement as well hmm. one, one thing i've really learned from you mark is is the kind of the sequencing of food sources for deer in a plot and you mentioned food being kind of the number one priority is there a scenario like say a guy's got room for one particular plot can you use that one plot and plant differently in that plot so that it's 
it's got something for the deer all season long. No doubt about it. We do it often. Like we'll have an early season strategy within bow range that might be deer radishes and then a late season strategy that's soybeans, you know, out there mm -hmm. at a gun range or during the rifle season. So it depends on the size of the plot. Yeah. If the plot's limited to the point that it's a half acre or less or a third of an acre or less, I'm going to plant one food generally, or I'll plant two and have a dividing line right at my stand to make okay. them go from one to the other to incentivize movement. But if it's a small enough plot, I'm going to go with biologic non typical clover if it's large enough of course i'm going to have an early season strategy around deer radishes or clover and then out there a little bit further i'm going to have beans corn or winter bulbs and sugar beets okay. or last bite okay that's that's good yep you know and i i think it, just in terms of so so you can improve the land you can do things to the property but you can also change your own tactics like if you if you found that you weren't happy with how your season went and and you just weren't on the deer do you need to look at your own tactics and see if, you know, maybe access is an issue? That's right. Maybe too much game monitoring is an issue. You know, you got to self-examine from that standpoint as well. We're doing that right now, Trevor and I, regarding the lease. And I didn't, you know, I tagged out in Missouri opening day of rifle season, but we still hunted where, where Trevor was hunting or a couple other guys that help us out. We're hunting the lease all the rest of the season. Yeah. And, you know, our strategy – you know, you get, we get busy. Everybody gets busy and they're guilty of it. And it's like, man, we should have done this last year. We should have done this. Well, you know, this year we're saying, all right, February, we're going to go in there. Let's change a couple stand locations and get that work done now before it gets hot. Let's go in there and, you know, we're going to abandon one food plot that just, we just don't hunt much. Mm -hmm. And it's, we always get winded and let's abandon that and let's go, um, um, frost seed clover on another plot that we do want to focus on so there's things that you can be doing in that regard too yeah. when you're examining what you've already you know what you already have there and just tweak a little bit and now's a good time to do that kind of stuff dad talks about all the time he'd rather do that work here in the winter months before spring before ticks before sure. mosquitoes mm -hmm. before temperature just know, in general comfort, yeah you know you know you you still need to go in and maybe check it before the season one time if you do you know make sure the straps and everything are, are oh, good yeah. Yeah. And, and lanes and all that kind of stuff but the brunt of your work you can do a lot of that now no question and, and it's hard i think because I mean, we were talking earlier about Today's the day. Hunters are eternal optimists. Like we always think, all right, well, to be. well, maybe next year is it. But you also have to be brutally honest and realistic. And like the farm that I tried so hard on this year sucked up a lot of my time and maybe cost me some chances at deer. I think I'm backing off that farm and maybe it's just a turkey property. That's basically what I did at the lease this year. It's like, all right, three years, I, this is just not coming. It's just not what we had hoped it's going to be no matter what we do to it. I know the issue. They're not bedded there. They're not going to be bedded there. You know, they're bedded just a little far, far enough away where they don't get there in time for shooting light. The rut, it's great. You got a week. So let's, to your point, like, all right, let's know when we're going to hunt there. If you got a deer early season, you might get you might be able to get on them if you yeah. got the right food. But other than that, let's not waste your time. It's a rut farm, yeah. which I'm not going to be there during the rut. Realistically, I'll likely be at dad's or be, you know, at this new farm and uh, on the river if it's not flooded. You know, there's other places where there's more deer. So you just got to have the, the right expectations realistically. And now is really the time to commit to do those things because the sting of deer season is still Fresh. there. Yep. It's, it's, it's the still, kick me sign still, still in your back. <laughs> exactly. And, and so you probably are more committed now than any other point in the year. So to really lay out a plan to make something happen if you don't write it down it's unlikely it's going to happen so make a goal how big is your it. plan it's big it's a big list 
Big goals. Got some deer I'm focused on next year. So it's really about an individual deer that I know of. So we're going to go in and kill them next year. I know you will. We're going to try. <laughs> it happens. We're going to do everything we can to be on that deer and, and know how to kill them. But, you know, we, we had two targets going into this year. One was TNT, one was Sidekick. Sidekick eluded us yet again. He's going into his eight-and-a-half-year-old season next year if he if he wow. lives. And uh, I got a I know we're going to kill him next year. I really feel confident in that. I learned some more things about him this year that I didn't know last year. Uh, but we did get TNT killed this year. Yeah. John Paul killed him. So That's pretty that, cool. That was pretty cool. So and when you say you, you know a few more things this year than you did last year, all based on trail monitoring? Or yeah. did you guys see him and, he, and, and no. have any encounters? Or uh, We never saw him. Wade saw him one night. He was scouting another field with a, with a spotter, and he caught him cross a hump. One night is the only time he was seen this year. Just caught him through the warm season grass just like for an ghost. instant. Yeah. For an instance. And uh, I had a camera on that field, and we got him there a bunch during daylight. So, um, And I, I hunted him there and ended up killing the deer that I killed there late season. Uh, we, I was hunting sidekick, but he was there too, and I wasn't going to pass that, sure. that giant 10 to, to wait for sidekick. I probably should have, but, you know. You know, shooter in hand is worth sidekick in the bush. Yeah, yeah, well. So we'll we'll get him next year. Awesome. Him or some other ones. I got some other really big deer I'm after. Sidekick's in trouble. Hopefully. But he's eight and a half. You know, I, I have a feeling he wore his best rack this year, but sure. it won't matter. I mean, it's it's sidekick, you know. Yeah, TNT story. went down, you know, but it is what it is. You never know. You might have a wet spring. He could turn into a mega monster, you know. We'll TNT see. was cool. Yeah, a lot of cool character to his Yeah, right? a big massive yeah. dog. You just don't see that kind of mass very often. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Cool deer. Well, do we feel like we covered the the topic well enough or at least good enough to give him a starting point? Yeah, like Mark said, I mean it's a it's a big question without a silver bullet kind of answer, but food is priority. I think, you know, just a, a food strategy. Don't just go plant a damn food plot. Plant something that you think is going to kill your deer at the time of the year you're going to hunt him the most or the time of the year that he was on your farm. Yeah. Just because you have nighttime pictures in July and August doesn't mean he's going to walk out during daylight in September. Look That's at right. your pictures yeah. from this year of a target deer and then hone in on him next year based on what he did this year. Yeah, because they are creatures that have it. There's a good chance that they, that they will be back in that general time frame again. You know, there's a lot of outside factors, but by and large, we've seen that happen uh, to enough deer across enough properties, not just ones that are highly managed where, you know, all right, generally speaking, he, he lives here this time of year for whatever reason. No doubt. And, and analyze your pictures, man. Hmm. Don't let that bit of information just go away on a card. Don't erase it the next time. Keep those pictures. Keep them in a file, whether it's that deer's file, whether it's that farm's file, that plot's file, whatever, so that six, seven years from now, you can access. You're going to learn something from a deer this past season that's going to help you five or six years from now i do it all the time because i've got every picture from 2007 through current day i have 250,000 photos Holy that i've cow, saved of that you've kept racked <laughs> bucks you know that caught my interest when i was looking through the card so you can go back in time and go you know what these two deer's home ranges are similar i'm looking at what this deer and mm -hmm. what what he did during that time of the year because oftentimes they'll do the same same thing will you ever stop monitoring via trail cams during the year or do you keep it going? Yeah, I pull own? them right now. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Curious. Yeah, just for, you know, the health and wellness of the camera, I don't want it getting tore up in the weather and, and theft. You sure. know, because we, we, really, we really deal with a lot of theft, mm. you this, know, in terms of shed poaching and yeah. people just walking the farms, you know, and it's hard to hard to 
catch guys. Yeah. yeah. They're walking the farms hunting for sheds, and then all of a sudden they see, oh, hey, shoot, sweet. my picture's taken. It's a yeah. $600 Reconyx, yeah. you know? It's like. And they got mm-hmm. codes on all, you know. Yeah, all, I code they, lock all I them. code lock all of them. They can't do anything with it, but they're, they know their picture was taken. What's so. the code that you use? It's T-I-M-K. <laughs> Sweet. It's your name, Tim. So now you can remember thank you. it. <laughs> thank you. Well, Ryan, thank you for the question. We appreciate uh, we appreciate folks submitting questions, and we'll send you a hat. We, we appreciate you doing that. If folks want to subscribe to the show, if you haven't already, it's easy to do though. Easy to do that. Go to Apple Podcasts or the Google Play Store. Search for Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. You can also subscribe via YouTube if you want to see what we look like while we're talking. It's I'm sorry, a really ahead of time. good time. <laughs> <laughs> what you see is what you get. Sorry, gang. Uh, and also, if you're not on DeerCast, go to DeerCast. Get DeerCast. It's uh, it's the place for all the farm giveaway. Yeah, absolutely. We, we kind of glanced over it, but all year we're going to be talking about this at the end of the podcast. The one big thing that we're doing, it's it's monumental. We're giving away a farm for our 30th anniversary this year. So the way to sign up for it, you go make sure you got the DeerCast app if you don't already. If you do already, make sure it's updated to the latest version. Go to your Google Play Store or the iTunes Store and make sure you got the most up-to-date version. And from there, there's a little uh, tab at the bottom right-hand corner of the menu bar. It says Farm Giveaway. Click it. You enter in. You click from there. You click a link that says Enter Here to uh, enter the Farm Giveaway. Yeah. And it's literally that easy. And you're entered for not just the Farm Giveaway, but all 12 months of prizes that we're, we're giving away from our partners. So there's a lot to, to check out there. But, uh, you know, 13 lucky people are going to be taking away some really awesome stuff. Yeah, pretty sweet. 30, so, 30 years. Yeah. It flew by, right, Mark? It did. It did. <laughs> Absolutely did. I remember that. I can remember that first hunt like it was yesterday. Though. That's pretty cool. Oh, it was pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So, all right. Well, good times. Well, thank you all for joining. And uh, if you have any questions, by all means, leave us a message on social media or reach out to us, and we try to answer everyone we can. All right. We'll see you. All right. Peace. Thank you. We're adding new videos every week, so make sure to click that subscribe button and check out all of our amazing content. This episode of DOD TV was brought to you by Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's.